I was literally the wallflower. The girl that stands in the corner at the party, talking to no one, looking really awkward, waiting to see if anybody will just take pity on her and go talk to her. Yeah, that was me. I tell that story now and people usually don't believe me because I make a living out of speaking in front of people and out of being visible. But that doesn't mean that who I am and the inside has really changed. I'm still the same introverted shy girl that used to wait in the corner for somebody to come up and talk to her. In fact, I tell people that if left to my own devices, I would just sit on my bed with a good book and have just my kids and my husband approach and I would spend the rest of my life hiding from the world if left to my own devices. However, I have learned and understood some things that have helped me come out of my shell a little bit, understand that I can still be myself and be visible and understand also that there is a certain strength that comes with being an introvert. So are you ready? to talk a little bit about how to be confident as an introvert, I figured you might. Stick around, we'll talk about that and a few other things here on Sincerely Speaking. Okay, so I have a new offer for you. I normally offer you the opportunity to have a 30-minute conversation with me uh, clarity and confidence call, if you will, where we just chat for 30 minutes about what it is that's going on in your life, what your goals are, where you are, where you want to go, and how to get there the fastest, leading yourself to greater success than you ever thought possible. And that offer is still on the table, but today I have something special to offer you. I have just recorded a short video on the three steps to becoming impactful. If you know that there's a message that you get to share, but maybe you're letting your introversion get in the way, or maybe you don't think you have what it takes for anybody to listen to your message, or you just may be unclear on how to start or how to approach it, then this video is for you because we will talk about the three simple steps that can take you from feeling like an imposter to being impactful, from feeling like nobody really listens to you or like you don't even know why people would, to making a good, positive, influential impact on other people's lives and to help others go through transformations that will make their lives better. So if that is what you've been looking for, then go on over to Instagram and find me at marcy.amaro and send me a DM with the word impact and I will send that video your way. All right. So yeah, you can always go to my website, marcyamaro.com and schedule that 30 minute call. But right now, I would love for you to take advantage of this short video that walks you through the three steps for anybody, including introverts, to be impactful. See you there. So before we dive into how to be confident as an introvert, which is what we're going to be discussing today in this conversation, I just want to clarify a couple of things. First of all, being an introvert does not necessarily mean that you lack confidence. There are a lot of very confident introverts out there. I would like to include, my, include myself in that in that group. But just because you might not be an extrovert who's out there looking for people and connecting immediately with people and more outgoing in a certain way, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that you are automatically lacking confidence. So very often as introverts, we buy into this notion that because we're introverted, we need more confidence or that because we're introverted, we can't get as far in terms of leading or in terms of guiding others as extroverts, can, as extroverts can. And that is not the case, that it's really not true. And part of the things we're going to talk about in a minute here is some of the advantages that we have as introverts that extroverted people don't have, right? So 
that is the first thing I want to clarify is that being an introvert does not necessarily automatically mean that you lack confidence or that confidence is something that you have to work on or work hard around. You might actually be a very confident introvert in some areas, right? Now that goes back to what I always say. Nobody's confident at everything, but everybody's confident at something. So it doesn't matter how you might feel generally in certain scenarios. I am willing to bet that there is at least one or two areas, probably more, in which you feel very confident and where you can talk confidently and express yourself fluently and articulately and people will listen to you because you are an expert in that area because you feel very comfortable and very competent in that area that you're addressing at the moment, right? So this idea that certain people just need more confidence, period. I, I reject that idea. We can all use more of a sense of confidence, more of a feeling of confidence in certain areas because there's no way that we can feel confident at everything. Like take the most confident person on the planet, whoever you can think of right now. I'm, I know we all have our mental image of someone that we identify as being ultra confident, right? So take that person, grab them and put them in a scenario that is completely foreign to them, especially if it's a high stress scenario and see how confident they're going to be. Like take, uh, I don't know, a lawyer who's really confident in the courtroom and place them in a in a hospital room to deal with a surgery, right? And or put them in a, a rescue situation where they have to rescue someone from a fire or put, you know what I mean? So everybody has a certain area of competence where they feel really confident and they show that, but that doesn't mean that they're always confident at everything. And that incessant pursuit for the ultimate confidence that is always there, that it's unwavering, it's part of what keeps us actually feeling stuck and spinning our wheels sometimes. So let's remove that idea that we can ever be confident at everything or that there's anybody on this planet who is because that is just not the case, right? And so the third thing that I would like to clarify before we dive into how to be confident as an introvert is that this notion of being introverted or extroverted, it's a little bit misguided and it's a little bit skewed. And here's what I mean. And I'll tell you a little story to kind of help frame it, right? When I was little, I used to be the kid that would put on shows for her family. Me and my cousin would dance in front of people and we would put on all these Saturday night fever type dances and just do all these things to garnish the attention from the adults around us. Does that sound like an introvert? I don't think so, right? And even beyond my family, I was the precocious kid who volunteered to answer the phone at her school, who would go and greet people when they arrived places. Like I was very outgoing and I was very into people, but there were some experiences in my life that I don't have the time to get into right now that led me eventually to identify identify as an introvert. And that is the label that I've accepted for myself for the rest of my life, right? So from those moments, those experiences on, I shifted and I transformed from a kid who was obviously and evidently extroverted to an adult who identifies as and acts as an introvert, right? And even if we look at how an introvert processes information or replenishes their energy, 
I fit all the definitions of introversion, right? I need time by myself in order to recharge my batteries. I process things internally as opposed to verbalizing them and externalizing them. And there's a lot in the way I act and in the way I behave that solidifies and confirms the notion that I am an introvert. However, there's a lot of other things that I do, like speaking in public, like having been a teacher for so long, like loving meeting people, right, that don't necessarily fit the typical notion or the typical idea of what an introvert is like, looks like, or acts like. I say this to say that I believe deep down we all have certain levels of extroversion and introversion, again, depending on the circumstance, depending on the moment, depending on the role we're playing at the time, depending on a lot of things, right? And ultimately, anything that has to do with personality and personality theory is more and more validating this notion that anything that has to do with personality is not as permanent as we tend to think it is. It's not as much of a death sentence, right? Or a determining factor as we once thought it was. So they are just labels that we identify with and take on for ourselves and internalize as part of our identity. And as such, since they're labels, we can put them on and take them off, right? Maybe not on demand, but it is possible to do that. So nothing in our personality is as permanent as we would like it to be. And I'm not telling you change. I'm not telling you stop being who you are. There is a part of you that is more outgoing. There is a part of you that is more extroverted. There is a part of you that fits all the boxes for all the things that you've been dreaming and wishing and desiring to be more like. It's just a matter of identifying those moments and tapping into those things. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But the fact of the matter is that I believe extroverts have moments of introversion. Introverts have moments of extroversion. We just tend to gravitate more towards one or the other, and it, it becomes more of our default, but all of that is learned behavior. So you can still be authentic, you can still be you, and figure out how to tap into certain areas of you that benefit you more, that are more helpful and supportive in certain circumstances than others, right? And there are moments in which I know extroverts wish they had a lot more of the traits that are typically associated with being an introvert, right? And I'm going to mention three of those things right now, but there are advantages, to being an introvert. It's just as a society, we have a bias towards extroversion because the quote unquote extroverts, the people who live more on that sphere of extroversion, they are the ones who tend to be more the initiators, right? The go-getters, the ones who pull people with them, the ones who quote unquote lead the charge. And so our society, because of its definition of success, tends to um, have a bias towards those who are extroverted versus those who are introverted. But there is nothing wrong with introversion, just like there's nothing wrong with extroversion, right? There is nothing wrong with either one. It's just a matter of how do you leverage it? How do you perceive it? And how do you use it? 
as part of your resource resourcefulness, as part of you moving forward, as part of you being the absolute best that you can be. All right. So having taken that out of the way and having cleared that up, let's talk about some of the advantages that introversion holds with it. And again, I'm going to make blanket statements about what we generally consider to be introversion, what we generally consider to be extroversion. And I am going to talk as though introversion is something that is innate in us and as though it's something that is pretty permanent, although we know it is not, right? So I'm just going to make general statements so that we can operate from a common ground and a common understanding. Make sense? I hope so. All right. So here are some of the advantages of being an introvert. First of all, we have immense self-awareness because we process things internally, because we tend to spend more time in silence and in retrospection. We have a greater sense of awareness, of self-awareness, usually, than most extroverts. That means we are really clear on what we are, what we are not, on how far we're willing to go, how far we're not, on the things that make us strong and the things that make us weak, on the things that we do that we do really, really well, and the things that we do that oh, they're not so good, and the things that we just can't do. So we have a greater level of self-awareness, which allows us to work on our strengths as opposed to our weaknesses, which allows us to recognize some of those weaknesses and figure out how to compensate or how to make up for those weaknesses with maybe resources, with maybe teams, with maybe delegating to other people, with maybe getting more training, whatever the case may be. But we tend to recognize our limitations a lot faster and a lot more efficiently than the quote-unquote extroverts, right? Which is a good thing. And we tend to also understand the degree to which we can help people and the degree to which we can't. So there's a lot of being really in touch with who we are and what we bring to the table. There's a lot of um, understanding that we have certain strengths that we can capitalize. And there, when when an introvert typically, when, a, when an introvert says, yes, I can help with that, or yes, I can do that, you can trust that they can because they are very, very self-aware for the most part, right? So that's one of the advantages. The second advantage that introversion tends to have with it is a keen sense of observation and insight, a keen sense of observation and insight because we are typically the ones in the corner quiet, observing, we tend to read a room, read a situation, understand a space and understand the scope of what's going on around us with a lot more insight than extroverts tend to, right? If you sit an introvert and an extrovert in a room, the introvert will typically be the one that says, did you notice when so-and-so did such? And the extrovert will be the one that goes, what? That happened when? <laughs> right? Because the extrovert is so focused on talking and making connections and just sharing and being in the midst of things that they miss a lot of the nuances and the insights and the um, the things that are not at the surface, right? The, the introvert, on the other hand, is watching from the outside and it's catching a lot of those things that the extroverts tend to miss. So because of that, introverts tend to have a greater insight into whatever is going on. So if you have a situation where there's potential conflict, if you have a situation where there's deferring sides meeting in order to try and find the common ground or in order to figure out how to move forward, make sure that you have at least a couple of introverts in that room because they will be the ones who will quietly observe. 
and who will take in the nuances and the little things and the gestures and the micro expressions and all these things that would generally be missed in that kind of a conversation and will be able to bring it all back into focus and will be able to help you see the things that you might have missed, right? So observation and insight. And the last one is because of our lack of need to express verbally, <laughs> right? We don't talk as much typically. So because of that, we tend to listen more. And when we do speak, we tend to ask really insightful questions. And those questions lead to greater understanding and lead to drawing out some of the things that might be lying under the surface of whatever the circumstance or the situation might be. So we tend to ask the questions that the extroverts might not think to ask. And we tend to pick up on things that extroverts might miss. And so that sense of being able to listen and to ask insightful questions and to be able to draw out some of these things that might be hidden under the surface make introverts a winning point and an advantage when you're in a confrontational space or really just trying to get to the bottom of things, right? So don't discount introversion. In fact, I know that there's a lot of extroverts who wish they were a little bit more self-aware or who wish they had more insight into certain things. The way to do that is tap into whatever level of introversion you might have, right? And in that same way, as introverts, very often we wish we were more outgoing or we wish we were more like an extrovert in one way or another. You do have that in you. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But you can tap into the advantages and the pluses of either one of those personal personality. So now let's get into the nitty gritty of it. How do we come across more confidently as introverts? And I know that that is really the crux of it, right? It's not necessarily that we believe we need to be more confident, it's that we want to come across as more confident. We want to be perceived as being full in control and as being people who can step up and do the things that need to be done without second guessing and without backpedaling and without being unsure about what we're doing and why we're doing it, right? And so the very first thing that I want us to understand is that for the most part, what we're looking for is not really confidence. And I say this all the time. Most of the time when people say they want more confidence, that's not really what they need or even what they're really looking for. Because when you dive deeply into, okay, what is it exactly that you want? What is it exactly that you want to feel or show or project or perceive or whatever the case may be? When they explain what they want, it's not really confidence what they're after. What they're mostly after is either competence or assertiveness, competence or assertiveness. So in the case of introverts, I have found that for the most part, when we say we want to be more confident, what we want is really to be more assertive so that we can be perceived as more confident. Makes sense? So assertiveness is this sense of this is what I believe, this is what I meant to say, and this is what I'm saying, and you're not talking me out of it just because I am an introvert, right? And I added that last part in. But assertiveness is about, okay, this is it. This is what I meant to say, and this is what I'm saying. And I'm saying it unapologetically, and I am saying it directly. And I am just putting out there what is actually in here and letting it be seen, letting it be known, right? So when we are looking for assertiveness as introverts, it's a matter of building up enough conviction 
building up enough conviction on what it is that we are trying to say to allow ourselves to be heard. See, the reason most introverts feel like they need this sense of assertiveness that they don't necessarily have is because we introverts tend to feel like we are often misunderstood, underestimated, or even ignored, like our voices are not heard. But when we really sit down and we examine why that is, it's because most of the time we are so tentative in expressing what it is that we're feeling and in sharing what it is that we know that we come across as unsure. And so anybody who has a little bit more conviction than us is going to be louder, is going to be heard more, it's going to demand more attention, and therefore it's going to feel like they ignored us or pushed us to the side in order to listen to this other person who might not have the insight, the understanding, the knowledge, or the experience that we have as introverts, right? So what we get to do is we get to be more assertive. We get to be more assertive. And this is something that requires practice. It is something that requires a little bit of courage. And it is something that requires a few good experiences. So the first thing that I would love for you to do is think about a time when you got either really angry, really frustrated, or really annoyed at a situation and you spoke up. And you spoke up with such power that people heard you. You spoke up and people stopped and went, wait a second, did she just, was that her? <laughs> did that come out of her mouth, right? Because you did it with such power that people were not expecting it from someone who's typically the quiet one who sits in the corner, right? So think about that experience. Think about how it felt afterwards when they actually heard you. And think about what it was that you tapped into inside that allowed you to speak up. See, most introverts will not speak up for themselves so much as they will speak up for other people. So start thinking about what it was that allowed you to open your mouth and express your thoughts, your ideas, and your convictions at that moment. Because with conviction and with being able to tap into that part of you that understands you get to be heard because this is important, then you will come across with a certain assertiveness, right? So let's give you a for instance. Let's say that you are in an office meeting and you have this wonderful idea that you know could really fix whatever it is that they're talking about and you're dying to share it with them, but you're apprehensive about, oh, do I speak up? Do I raise my hand? Do I interrupt? What do I do? They're not going to listen to me. Stop for a second. And first of all, draw the conviction out. So do you really believe that this thing that you're wanting to share could make a difference in this situation? Then think about all the people that will not gain the benefit of what this thing could bring if you stay quiet and if you don't say anything, right? If you stay quiet when things are hard, then you're giving away your power. That's biblical. That's in Proverbs. And beyond that, it's just the way that the world works, right? If I see something that is not right and I stay quiet, I'm giving away my power and I'm actually becoming uh, uh, an accomplice to whatever it is that's going on. So when I stop and I convict myself, right, I have conviction about the fact that what I'm about to share, it's important not for me, but for the people who will gain something from it, for the team, for the clients, for the victims, for whoever it is that this idea is standing to benefit, then I can draw on that conviction that it's not about me. It's about them. 
It's about the benefit that they will reap, right? And then after that, I can stop and think about, okay, what was it that pushed me to the edge of actually speaking out that last time or that one time when things went really well and I spoke up and I shared my ideas and people listened? Was it that I was angry? Was it that I was annoyed? Was it that I was frustrated? Was it that I had had enough? Was it that I had so much pain or so much compassion or so much empathy or so much love that it drew me to say something? And can I pull on that right now? How can I draw that? How can I bring that on? How can I experience that again? How can I bring that to the surface? What can I imagine? What can I think about? What can I remember that is going to bring that sensation back? That is going to put me in that space again? See, for me, it's enough to think about what would happen if it was my kids, if it was my two daughters that needed this, if it was my two daughters that could benefit from it. And then it draws all the power I need, period. I don't need anything else. I just need to think about them. When you can do those two things, when you can bring out your conviction, like really leverage your conviction, make sure that you're 100% certain that this thing is going to benefit someone other than you. And when you can draw out that emotion that pushes you over the edge, so to speak, that emotion that makes it so that you can't be quiet anymore, that emotion that draws that little fire and spark out and causes you to bubble up and speak, then you can assertively state what you need to say, right? So understand that most of the time it's more about assertiveness and assertiveness comes from conviction and from putting others first, right? And then the second thing, aside from assertiveness that people usually look for when they're looking for confidence, it's really competence. When you really know that you have the skills, the talent, and the ability to do whatever is in front of you, when you know your stuff, and you know you know it better than most people in the room, when you know that you're really good at what you do, and when you know that nobody can bring to the surface what you can, that nobody can share the things that you can share, nobody's had the same experiences and the same level of depth in this area that you have, then that will allow you to show up confidently and to be seen as someone who has tons of confidence and who should be listened to and heard, right? So how do you tap into competence? How do you get to that space where the competence is enough to draw that feeling and that sense and that perception of confidence out of you? Well, first of all, look at your training Look at the things that you have done, the certifications, the diplomas, the practice, the, the, the internship, the whatever it is that you have that qualifies as education in that area. And it doesn't have to be formal education. It doesn't have to be credentials on paper. But what have you done? What have you gone through? What have you read? What have you studied that gives you the edge in this area? And draw that out, maybe even write it out in front of you, put it in a piece of paper where you can look at it, remember going through those experiences, look at how far you've come, how you were when you started and how you are now, and see how much growth you've had, and understand that the people in front of you have not had those same level of experiences as you have.
So it's worth sharing what you have experienced and what you have gone through and what you have learned, right? Second, it's look at your practice in the area, right? So have you done something similar before? How many times? What have you learned from those experiences? What can you bring to the table that nobody else can because they haven't gone through that same experience as you, right? And third, understand that the insights that you have into your strength actually validate your competence, right? You have certain areas of strength and you know what those are. And I'm willing to bet that most of the things you're really, really good at have drawn on those strengths. So go back and revisit those strengths and understand that you do have a lot of areas in which you are better than others, in which you have more experience than others, and in which you have a greater level of skill than others. And don't be afraid to tap into that and to show up with the sense of confidence that comes from knowing that you know your stuff and that you know your stuff really well. And that when you decide you're going to do it, you do it and just get to it. Right. And so that is a big part of it is draw out the competence by understanding that when you have had deliberate practice, when you have had some sort of training and when you have had experiences in that area, then that puts you past the point of needing any kind of validation or confirmation. You just get to be and you get to do and you get to share. Right. And then finally, when it comes to confidence as an introvert, here's the one thing I'm going to say. What we need is not confidence. It's the courage, the courage <laughs> to step out and do it, even if it's just once. Because once we do it once and we see that we come out at the other edge, at the other end, I should have said, we come out at the other end, still alive, haven't lost any limbs, we're still intact, we said what we wanted to say, and so we got it off our chest. And chances are that once we got it off our chest, people were glad we did because they probably didn't see it the way we see it. Then that validates the fact that our voices get to be heard because everybody's voice gets to be heard, right? So here's the thing. How to be confident as an introvert First of all, recognize that introversion does not necessarily mean lack of confidence. Secondly, take a second to recognize and be grateful for all the advantages that come with being an introvert. Thirdly, understand that uh, personality is not permanent and your introversion isn't either. We all have moments of extroversion and introversion. You can tap into those moments when you have acted in a more extroverted manner to help you feel those moments in which you want to be a little bit more extroverted. And thirdly, when it comes to wanting to be perceived as confident, it's more about assertiveness and it's more about competence. So tap into those things that allow you to be assertive, like your conviction and you knowing exactly how this is going to benefit others and tap into those things that bring out your competence, like remembering how much you've learned the skill and talent level that you're at and know that you have something incredibly valuable to bring to the table that other people will miss out on if you don't speak up. And as a little added bonus, here's the thing. People are not concerned about you they're concerned about them so if what you have to say will benefit them they will listen regardless 
of what you have to say or who you are or how introverted you think you are. So stop worrying so much about how you're going to be perceived. Stop worrying so much about how you're going to come across. Because even if you say it with your hands shaking and your voice trembling, when you add the value that you get to add, people will listen and they will commend you for speaking up. All right? So go out there and be the best introverted person that you can be. And if you want some support with that, I have great news. I have just started a brand new group called the Impactful Introverted Incubator. And it is a Facebook group in which we are going to help each other tap into all those areas of being an introvert that support us in being superheroes to someone else, that allows us to be a new breed of leaders and that allows us to lead in a way that is non-conventional but also very powerful. So if you're interested in joining that group, just add a comment that says, let me in <laughs> and I will get you all the information. Sorry, or you can just go to Facebook and search it, The Impactful Introvert Incubator. Can't wait to see you in there. And we will chat next time here on Sincerely Speaking. Share this with someone you love. Talk soon.